tonight because the last time was awesome. So it's been a Yeah, get started. Lord, I just thank you so much for tonight. Lord, I just thank you for each person in this room, Lord, for our friends that, that you brought here. And Lord, I thank you that you have a word that you want to share with us, Lord. And I just thank you so much for Becky, Lord, for her faithfulness to you, Jesus. I thank you for um, just the word that you've given her to share with us, Lord, tonight. I pray, Lord, that our ears would be open, Lord, that you would give us revelation of your word, Lord, that um, your word would really touch our heart tonight, Lord. And I pray that you would um, speak through Becky, God, that you would anoint her, God, for the message that you have to share with us, Lord. And so, God, I just say that we're here for you. We love you, Jesus. And just pray that you would have all the glory in this place. Amen. 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 Thank you. All right. Thank you for the ayer, the agua. Purificada. I won't get diarrheas, right? <laughs> <laughs> I talk about that almost every day. No, just kidding. You can't live out here and not talk about that. Right? All right. Um, so, before I start, um, I was coming with bags. You know, it's not saying something about me. I don't carry a lot of baggage in my life. I got jokes tonight. Is it the night? Okay, actually, what I brought, I just wanted to share with you guys because we were so excited about this. So our WINGS um, staff during COVID um, gave us the opportunity to write. So um, this book is called Faith Food, and just we just heard some testimonies. This is full of testimonies of like the faithfulness of God, miracles, answers to prayer, like what in the world, God, are you going to do about the situation? Um, written by our staff and our board members. Awesome. So I brought it tonight. I want to give a few way to encourage you guys, but we're also, there's going to be a contest though. So you Here, let me just take one, two. Yeah, it's, this is a cool thing that um, we all got to be a part of. Our, so on the WINGS board members, we have um, ministers that are like from South Africa, ministers in Mexico, America, just amazing stories. We're just like, whoa. And, but it's stories of normal people like us. You guys know that story. We're all normal people, but God does extraordinary things through people that say, yes, God, I'll do it, you know? And even that word on the um, that you shared is timely with what I'm going to share tonight, too. So right on. That's awesome. Okay. But the four giveaways. Um, okay, you guys ready? If you know the answer, you have to run up here and tell me what yes. it is. So win one, okay? Fedo <laughs> <laughs> and Becca on staff, you cannot. No. Okay. Um, on, on Home Alone, what does Macaulay Culkin... <laughs> Kevin say, what does he say? It's a phrase he says to the robbers when he comes out to taunt them. It's a phrase. Okay. It's a question. I know. I'm a movie Cody. She knows. Come on, guys. Home Alone. Wait, no, I think it's Kevin on Home Alone. No, no, no. I think it's wrong. Is it Merry Christmas, Utopia? Uh, nope. Take it. That's a good that's one. Okay. <laughs> I'll give a clue in a second. Maybe ask uh, another question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm gonna call the cops. You better come stop me. Is that no? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. She did say one. Huh? What? Is it that? Okay. Maybe this wasn't easy enough. Okay. It's it's a question. It's after he did a few pranks, and it's, it starts with the word um, D. Wait, the, the word, word, word. <laughs> <laughs> No, it starts with, it's a do. Do? Do you? Do you want to play a game? <laughs> do you? Do you know who I am? <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on. Do you? Guys, oh, did you guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you guys give up now? Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Do you guys give up or? Do you guys give up? Or are you? <laughs> Done yet? Oh, come oh, yeah. on. How do I know the one knows it? <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Becca? <laughs> Yeah, I'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one. 
by the verses in the Bible. Ah, me! <laughs> Jesus wept. It's in John. Okay. Yeah. What's the most famous phrase from that movie? It's like oh. less than about. <laughs> okay, there's so many famous ones. I'm in a storm and I'm singing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Smiling's my favorite. This one, everyone in the room has a chance to win. What is the very last word in the Bible? Y'all can cheat, you have Bibles. The very last word in the Bible. You guys can use, who? Come on over here! No, 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 we did our, our staff our Christmas thing. The last word of the Old Testament is cursed. And so I'm like, I don't do that word. So we'll do the whole Bible. Yeah. All right, amen. Guys, I'm the notorious for movie lines that nobody remembers. It's true. My staff, I do it all the time with them. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, fine. But I know ones that everybody remembers too. Anyways, cool. Um, but the rest of these, we have them, and we want to bless, um, we're, we're selling them for really cheap, for 30000 um, U.S. dollars, just kidding. Um, <laughs> and that's really cheap, you can ask Becca at the end if you like one, um, but um, all the proceeds will go towards our work here that we're doing in Bali. But anyhow, yeah, so cool. Um, I'm happy to get to share with you guys again. Trevor, thanks for the opportunity. Um, opportunity. Yes, cool. You guys need to freshen up on your Christmas movie lines. Come on. No, you all did awesome. Yeah, but there's too many. It's true. The best coffee. World's best cup of coffee. All right. to get to share with you guys. I feel like this, the word that I'm going to share, um, like the Holy Spirit's just been unpacking in my life over this past season, um, over the past um, couple of years, actually my whole life, um, adult life I would say. And um, I feel like it was something that would encourage you guys too. I shared a snippet of it um, with some of my team. Raise your hand guys. Those of you are here. Come on, Eka, don't be shy. Hello, Becca. Becca, Eka. Um, yeah, yeah, but um, I shared with them a couple of snippets from this, but it's just a word that I really pray um, will encourage you guys. Um, like I was saying, Fenice's um, word that she was sharing about, even in the winter season, God's with you guys. And what do you do during those seasons, guys? Because we have summer seasons, we have spring where it's great, sunny, you know, everything's blooming. And then there's winter seasons, you know? Um, so let's just pray, yeah? Thank you, Holy Father, that, um, that you care about where we're at, God. And we believe that you position us here for a reason at this time, God. And so right now we just say, God, I surrender. We surrender to you, Lord, um, what we don't understand, God. And we trust you, God. We believe you are who you say you are, God. And you will do. You are watching over your word to perform it. That's what you said. You watch over your word to perform it. You don't let go. And so we just thank you for that, God, that confidence and that faithfulness that you will always be who you said you are. And we just ask you to open our, our, our eyes to see, God, what you want us to see tonight, God, and hear what you want us to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I know you guys prayed for me, but I wanted also to pray. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna be a little um, meaty tonight, guys. Meaning we're gonna read the word a lot tonight. So hope you're ready for for this meal. Um, I just really felt yeah, there's a lot of scriptures in my heart to share. Um, but the main one, the key one, is something that um, I was reading this maybe a month ago or two months ago, and I was like, wow. 
And the title of what I'm going to share um, tonight, and if you are writing notes, or I'd encourage you to write notes, there's some points that I feel like would encourage you even when you walk away today, you know. But today um, it's called, um, Will I Find Faith on the Earth? This is the question Jesus asked. Will I find faith on the earth? Let's, let's read where he's talking about that. This is in Luke chapter 18. Luke 18. Um, and we will read verse, verses 1 to 8. Luke 18. And he, Jesus, told them a parable. Parable? Uh, Parable to the effect that they always ought to pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man, and there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this woman keeps bothering me, I'll give her justice so she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And um, I heard God, I didn't even, I wasn't even reading this passage. I heard the Holy Spirit ask me this question when I was, it was a weekend and I forgot what was happening, but there were just different weights and decisions that I was battling and I had some discouragement. And I heard, um, you know, the Holy Spirit asked me this question. He says, when, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And I heard God stir my heart like, what are you going to do about this? This point, Becky, what are you going to do in this moment? And, you know, um, a lot of times in those points, um, where you find yourself just at a loss sometimes of what to do, um, you want to give in to the, the reasoning that doubt suggests to you, the reasoning that um, insecurities suggest to you. You know, you want to give in to that doubt. And basically, um, a lot of what I want to share with you guys tonight is, um, are you going to give up if things don't happen the way you thought they were going to happen? Are you going to give up if things don't happen um, the time that you thought they were going to happen or how they were going to be fulfilled? Some of you received prophecies or words from God directly. And this question Jesus asked is like, when I come back, am I going to find anybody still believing and holding on? Because he, when he asked that question, he knew that we were in a hard place. We were in a place of testing where it's not like, blink, okay, here is the answer to your prayer right away, you know? And that was this question. That was the challenge of God to me. Like, Becky, when I come back, am I going to find you still believing? And that's what I wanted to start, to start our hearts with tonight. Believing, um, are you going to keep believing in who he is? Um, his promises and his word is still true, despite your circumstances telling you the very opposite of what God's word has told you and what his promise has told you. Are you going to still believe? That's the question for us tonight. What, what, what's going to happen when he comes back? And um, talking about, you know, things not happening the way that you think they're going to happen. Um, a quick background. Um, when I was in high school, um, that's when God really put Asia in my heart. But also um, the youth in my hometown were a big part of my heart too. And as I was growing and learning about the nations, I was praying like, okay, God, I know you're going to send me the nations, but before I go anywhere, I want to come back for the youth in my city. And um, and so, anyways, long story short, I went to Bible school and I knew like, hey, great, God, let's go. And upon graduating, I was like, okay, God, we're in India. I'm ready to move to India, Thailand. Where are we going? And He reminded me of this prayer um, that I prayed in high school, that prayer, God, before you send me anywhere else in the world, please send me back to my hometown, Laredo, to reach the youth. None of the churches were reaching the youth. And um, I wasn't even going to plan to share that, but I'm sharing this because I just reminded of the faithfulness of God. Tonight I met Eric, who is with, who's um, Borders for Christ, is this like semi-pro skate um, organization. They reach like youth all over America. 
so crazy because when I started that youth organization, we hosted Borders for Christ. I've never met him before until today. I'm like, what? And it just, it's a reminder, um, long story short, we did outreaches and we had all these youth come and get ministered to um, by the BFC crew. And the testimony is this, like I thought right after Bible school, the plan of God was go to the nations. I had received prophecies. And then upon graduation, God directed me to go back. To me, it seemed like a detour. Sometimes God's gonna tell you something and you're like, no God, that doesn't make sense. You showed me this picture. That doesn't look like the picture. And God's like, trust me. And so, so I went back and started that. And um, just rem reminded of the faithfulness of God. It's so cool. Um, and to see what happened with the youth organization and what God had done. And then, um, then finally God spoke to me to come back um, or to, to move to Asia. And, um, but you know, are you guys gonna give up if things don't happen like you thought they were, you know? Um, and you know, I don't, I don't judge people who have given up. It's not easy, you know? This life isn't easy and this journey of faith isn't easy. Um, and um, when I eventually moved to Hong Kong, to Asia, um, did I share this the last time that the organization, the couple I moved there with, they had a death in their, their pastoral family and they moved back to America just after we moved there. So they left me there after just being there two months and I'm like, what the heck, man? I came here to work with you guys. And then they left and I'm like, what's going on? You know, like, and you can ask, you know, where's the faithfulness of God? God, why, if you knew that was gonna happen, why would you do that? But it, it actually, that same question came back to me as an affirmation. God was like, don't you think I knew that was gonna happen when I still told you to come here, when I helped you to sell your car and raise the money needed to come here? Don't you think I knew that? I'd still part of the purpose. A lot of times there's gonna things that happen that are unscheduled and you didn't plan them, but it's part of the purpose, you know? And the question that, that um, Jesus asked, am I gonna find faith? You know, it's, it's easy um, to believe when everything's going okay or when everything's happening in a, a manner of normal sequence around you. Anybody can do that. Anybody can believe God for that. The, the challenge is when you're faced in situations where it looks like the direct opposite of what God's promised or what he's spoken to you, you know? And, um, you know, why do we go through these things though? Why does that happen? Why, you know, God, why can't you just give me the promise right after you said, like, this was for you? You know, whatever word he spoke. And um, the truth is, and you guys have, have heard this before, but only fire can test the quality and the substance of our faith. And um, you know the truth is, what you do in the fire really shows what you believe. I'll say that again, like what you do in the fire, that shows what you really believe. And that's what God wants to, to that be in this testing. He wants to try us and test us because he wants us in the end to, sh to be able to present, man, I have something that's been t tried and tested and it's true, it's the real deal. It's not something superficial, it's not cliche. Like I'm saying it because all the ministers are saying it or all the big Christians are saying it. Um, this, this is something that's quality and it's truth and we're only gonna know the quality of it until it's tested in the fire. And guys, it's in the fire when it gets the hardest to hold on. It's in the fire where fighting the desire to give up becomes more frequent. How many times have any of you out here fought the desire to give up? Banyak. Or in Asia, banyak, yeah, many times, right? Um, and we're gonna talk about kind of um, going through the desert, walking through the desert. Um, we're gonna read Psalms 106, Psalms 106 for some more meat. Psalms 106. Who likes to read? You do? Okay, could you come up? Oh. You can read this. <laughs> Um, thank you for raising your hand. Psalms 106, read 1, verses 1 to 31. Okay. I am reading tonight. Thank you. Okay. All right. Hallelujah. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. 
His faithful love endures forever. Who can declare the Lord's mighty acts or proclaim all the praise due to him? How happy are those who uphold justice, who practice righteousness at all times. Remember me, Lord, when you show favor to your people. Come to me with your salvation, so that I may enjoy the prosperity of your chosen ones. Rejoice in the joy of your nation and boast about your heritage. Both we and our fathers have sinned, we have done wrong, and we have acted wickedly. Our fathers in Egypt did not grasp the significance of your wondrous works or remember your many acts of faithful love. Instead, they rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. Yet he saved them for his name's sake to make his power known. He rebuked the Red Sea and it dried up. He led them through the depths as through a desert. He saved them from the power of the adversary. He redeemed them from the power of the enemy. Water covered their foes, not one of them remained. Then they sang his promises and they, oh, they believed his promises and sang his praise. They soon forgot his works and would not wait for his counsel. They received with craving in the wilderness and tested God in the desert. He gave them what they asked for, but sent a wasting disease among them. In the camp, they are envious of Moses and of Aaron, the Lord's holy one. The earth swallowed, opened up and swallowed Dathan. It covered the assembly of Ebram. Yeah, that. Fire blazed throughout their assembly. Flames consumed the wicked. At Horeb, they made a calf and worshipped the cast metal image. They exchanged their glory for the image of a grass-eating ox. They forgot God, their Savior, who did great things in Egypt and wondrous works in the land of Ham, awe-inspiring acts at the Red Sea. So he would have destroyed them if Moses, has, his chosen one, had not stood before him in the breach to turn his wrath away from destroying them. They despised the pleasant land, and they did not believe his promise. They grumbled in their tents and did not listen to the Lord. So he raised his hand against them with an oath that he would make them fall in the desert and would disperse their descendants among the nations, scattering them throughout the lands. They aligned themselves with Baal, pure, and ate sacrifices, offering to lifeless gods. They angered the Lord with their deeds, and a plague broke out against them. But Phinehas stood up, and he intervened, and the plague was stopped. It was credited to him as righteousness throughout all generations to come. Thank you. Okay. Some people's kids, right? Man, this chapter. It's like um, we're, we're reading about um, basically the accounts of the children in the wilderness. And um, if you guys will, will um, look again, like verse 7 onward, it talks about, guys, an entire ocean was separated an entire ocean and a nation passed through on dry land. That is a freak of nature miracle that they passed through. And even after they saw these amazing miracles and wonders of God, they came through it. And in the desert, what they do? Praise God. And they're like, we're faithful to you, Lord. You're so great. You did miracles. No, they forgot. And then instead, they like made uh, metal images and exchanged the glory of God for the image of an ox that eats gra uh, grass. And so we're, we're, talk, we're seeing in this chapter here all the mistakes that the Israelites made um, that we can learn from. And um, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Some, some mistakes they made in the desert that we can learn from so that when we're in the desert, we don't need to do the same thing. I don't want the same outcome they got. They didn't inherit the promised land. And God, God's given us all a promised land. Whatever it's uh, the calling on your life, his promises, the future, we all have a promised land that God is leading us to. And I don't want any of us to not make it to that promised land, you know? And so if your goal is, hey man, I want that promised land, I want to walk that out and be able to receive it, let's, let's learn from um, some of the mistakes that these guys made. Um, we're going to just outline a few of them. So the first one I'll talk about, verses 1 to 13, um, talks about, it outlines all that God did. All the miracles that God did. He provided manna, you know. He's part of the sea. What else did God do in the desert? You guys remember? Burned up Korah and Byron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what other what other form of like miraculous provision did he do? Do you guys remember? Oh quail. Yeah, quail, the cloud. Um, there was like no water and they're like, give us water, God. And Moses like and then water comes out of the rock. You know, so God was there. God did all these miracles. So this is what, these are some mistakes. If you're taking notes, you can write them down. Write them down so you don't make them, so you don't have to have the same end these guys had, okay? Mistake number one, 
They forgot all that God did, all right? They forgot all that God did. That's a big mistake, you know? Um, that's why the Israelites had this habit of, like, creating rocks of remembrance, like, when God did things. Like, we're not going to forget because we're humans. We forget. The number one mistake they made is they forgot what God had done. And a habit that we've started doing in our staff meetings um, Every staff meeting, we have like a PTL, like praise the Lord, what's God doing in our midst? Because sometimes it's true, we can get so caught up in the the grind, you know, the to-do list, and we have to do this, and this is this, and all that, that you just, you don't, you forget that, hey, but God is moving among us still, even though there's things that didn't happen the way you wanted to happen, or you have to deal with this issue or that issue, God is still moving, so like, what is he doing, you know? And that, that awakens the heart of faith. So number one, they forgot all that God had done. The second mistake they made, verse 13, um, it said, they soon forgot his works and they did not wait for his counsel. Mistake number two, they didn't wait for God's counsel. Sometimes when things don't happen like we think they're going to happen or bad things happen because bad things do happen to good people, we, we freak out, you know. I don't think I shared, I'm not going to go into the complete uh, story, but I don't think I shared the testimony of my car accident in Mexico, did I? Um, long story short, things not happening like you think they're going to happen. Um, in 2002, we were in Mexico City with my parents' ministry, and uh, on our way back, we'd seen so many come to Jesus. Uh, there was a van rollover, and I almost died. Three people died in this car accident, and one was a staff, and two were summer interns, uh, Colorado and California. The freakish, my hardest thing we've ever gone through in our life, you know? And um, long story short, um, lots of bad things happened to me. Actually, in the Faith Through Devotions, I show the testimony there. But I was supposed to, um, I was supposed to die. I wasn't supposed to make it. My sister was there, and she prayed for me. Um, and I started breathing again. And um, after I came out of the hospital, to make a super long story short, um, in my recovery, I finally, my, my mind started healing because I had, I had blood spots in my brain, nine blood spots, and that was supposed to be permanent brain damage. Um, and, but I got completely healed of that. And, um, you know, and, but I'm sitting here in my whole body, but now my mind is trying to come to terms with things. And I'm like, God, where were you? We were all doing your purpose. We were all doing your work, God. Where were you in this? I don't get it. Why, why did they die and why did I live? I'm not better than them. And I started fighting guilt that I was the one that got, that got the miracle and they did it and they died and we're close to their family. And, um, and it was a hard thing to come to terms with. One, some of the things that I did learn in this is that on this side of eternity, um, bad things happen to good people because we're in an unjust world. That's why Jesus came. He came to redeem the world and everything that was corrupted from sin. And so there are unfair things that happen, you know? Um, I would say this is a time in my life that Romans 8:28 became like the most, you know, paramount verse to me, that through anything you go through, God will work everything out for the good, you know, according to his purpose. He cares about us. So that's something to remember, um, guys. And um, during these, you know, my dad, he had to make phone calls to the two teenage parents saying, oh, your daughters that were serving with us, by the way, they died. I, I can't imagine being that person to make that call. And you know, my dad could have resigned then. He could have been like, forget this man. Like, getting, getting on the front lines, my parents are um, evangelist ministers, and on the front lines, you know, a lot of stuff happens to you. You know, are you gonna give up? And I'm thankful to have that example of not giving up. Um, but. In all that we go through, guys, what's God saying? Wait for God's counsel. Um, a couple years ago, or a year ago, we were going to India. Um, did I share this last time about the, the threats? I can't, I am notorious for saying the same story to the same people, and I tell my staff, just politely t do this to me, like, loser, if I'm telling them the same story. So, Becky does that to me a lot. She's like, oh my God, So anyways, a couple years ago, we um, were in, in, uh, in Nepal and we were getting ready to go to India and this radical Hindu found out we were going to India and he wrote, wrote me, emailed me and was like saying all these threats, you're coming and we know what you're doing and blah blah and I just ignored it and he sends another one, quit ignoring me, when are you coming, we're going to chase you down, we're going to find you, um, 
arrest you, start a riot, deport you, and like I was like, oh my gosh, you know, all these threats, and then it didn't stop, and so I thought, okay, I'm gonna pray about what to do. I should tell the staff so we can pray about it, and also our pastor friends, and so we we did that, and um, granted, some were like freaked out, like, oh my gosh, let's go back to Bali, and I'm like, is that really what we're supposed to do, you know, and I don't want to be stupid, because, yeah, what if we did get ourselves in trouble? Or what if we do jeopardize the local ministers that we work with in India? We don't want to be dumb. So we were like, God, what should we do? And God spoke to us and um, through scripture. And, and then we heard from the Lord. And he confirmed it through like a bunch of other people. We were like, praise God. So we went. It was great. We weren't arrested, rioted, or nothing. Everything happened, you know, and God's plan. It was so cool. And then on the plane ride back, I opened up version, And the Bible verse of the day was, and this is the inheritance of the saint, the saints. You know, like just trusting in God and you're gonna see the miracles. So all I have to say is this guys, wait for his counsel. Um, don't don't make decisions based off of panic. Panic decisions, freaked out decisions, uh, depressed decisions are not the greatest decisions. That's why we involve people in our life, right? And so that was number two. That was a mistake in the desert. They did not wait for the counsel of the Lord. Number three. Verse 20. Oh, wait, before we go to number three. Um, I was going to point out verse 14. In my translation of the ESV, it says, But they had wanton craving in the wilderness, and God put, and God put them to the test in the desert. There's wantons in the Bible, guys. Just kidding. I think that word is wanton. Wanton means like lasciviousness, unrestrained desire, but we're like, wanton? There's wanton cravings? I want wantons. Just kidding. Guys, wanton cravings are bad, okay? God doesn't like that. Just kidding. Wanton. Anyways, back to what we're talking about. Verse 20, another third mistake. They exchanged the glory of God um, to an image. Basically, they exchanged the glory of God, which is his best, it's what, what he has to offer is the best. They exchange the glory of God for a cheap replacement. Sometimes in the desert, you're going to be tempted to do that. Exchange the best of God, who he is. Who he is is what he has to offer. And sometimes we're tempted to exchange that the best of who God is for a cheap replacement. Let's not do that. The fourth one. Um, this one's a big one. Um, verse 24. Then they despised the pleasant land, having no faith in the promise. And I was reading this, and I was like, what is he talking about pleasant land? They were in a desert. How is that pleasant? And so I'm like thinking about this. I'm like, what are you talking about, God, here? They despised the pleasant land. And then I started remembering all the different miracles and testimonies that God did while they were in the desert. And I would say that, guys, the pleasant land in our life represents the goodness of God still with you in the seasons and the desert place. The pleasant land is that, but look, what is he doing? He is answering this prayer. Maybe this one and this one is still waiting, but he's doing this, this, and this. There is pleasant land if you look for it. Are you looking for the pleasant land in your life right now, guys? There's always going to be an oasis in your desert that God's going to provide. Always. We can't make it unless we, he, he provides that for us, you know? Otherwise, we're going to be, we're going to starve, or um, how do you call it when you need water? What do you call it? Parched. Parched. No, die of thirst. There you go. I'm like, what do you call that? <laughs> <laughs> when you die when you're so thirsty. Dying of thirst. Um, in the races, guys, Despising, no, this is the truth, guys. Like, I've gone through many different seasons in my life, in my faith, my journey. Um, guys, there's always going to be a pleasant land. There's always going to be an oasis where, where the goodness of God is going to follow you everywhere you go. Are you looking at it? If you're not, if you're not looking at it and you find yourself stuck in a, a horrible, discouraging place, Maybe ask your friends to help remind you of what, what's God been doing, because I can't think of it right now. Or start opening your eyes. There's a pleasant land that he put right next to you. There's an oasis. His faithfulness is true, guys. And that's how, how are you going to make it in this desert? He's always providing a pleasant land. And what happened to these guys, they despised the pleasant land. Despise means um, 
Um, how many of you been around like super, 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 super spoiled kids? They got everything in the world, man. And they're given it and they're just like, ugh, whatever. And they just go on and like, but I want that and I want this. They're despising the goodness that's being provided for them. Let's not be those kids that are despising the goodness that God's like, but here, I'm giving you this. This is what I want you to have right now. This is what you need right now. Yeah, but God, I want this. He's like, okay, but I know, but I'm giving you this right now. You know, let's not be those kids who despise the pleasant land. Amen? Amen. Amen. The same verse, uh, the fifth mistake they made is that they had no faith in his promise. What has God said, guys? What has God told you? What's going to keep you hanging on in the desert? Faith in his promise. What has he said? Stick your mind back in the word of God. But what has God said? Have faith in his promise. Sometimes you might be like, I don't even have the mental energy to pick up the Bible and read it for myself and get something out of it. Okay, well, praise God for technology. There's YouTube. There's podcasts, you know. My favorite person to listen on YouTube right now is Stephen Furtick. I love that guy. And so you want a message sometimes that just like, there, there's so many out there. You can get any, any sermons. Um, but, but having faith in the promise. So, so what are you feeding yourself, you know? Um, you want to have faith in the promise, it also has to do with what you're feeding yourself during the season. So um, the fifth mistake they made is they had no faith in his promise, but you're like, well, how could you say they don't have faith in his promise? You know how you can tell if someone doesn't have faith in the word of God? Their actions say everything. If you don't believe that God has said what he said he would do, you're going to go off and do dumb things. Um, whether it be, you know, uh, doubt or making mistakes or um, dumb decisions. Um, sometimes even like falling into the trap of sin. Well, this is the only way. I, I knew a person one time and they believe this trap of the enemy. Well, this is the only way I'm going to receive love and affection if I do this. And that's a lie of the enemy. And so um, encouraging ourselves, and that's why we have each other too, to encourage each other to have faith in the promise. The sixth mistake they made um, and I'm not saying this because I'm perfect. This I'll confess right now something to you guys. Number six, verse 25. But they murmured in their tents. Murmured means complain. Gosh, God, why is he doing this? And come on, what's your problem, God? And da da da. And last time uh, Lee came and spoke on humility, I think, and he's talking about Jesus and how he was afflicted and like it says like he didn't respond. He was like a lamb that went to to the slaughter. And I was so convicted. I'm like, I have not been that way at all. Like I've gone through some hard stuff. And the beginning of COVID, man, I was even telling Lee, I'm like, yeah, I need to hear that word. At the beginning of COVID, I um, um what happened? We were in Kutha and I got uh, scabies. Yeah, one of these places where, does anybody know what scabies are? These little microscopic bugs that crawl under your skin and itch like crazy. And I get scabies, yeah. It's, oh, it was like in rashes. Look, y'all Google it, you'll freak out. Um, or don't. And I was like, it was crazy, I get scabies. And then I'm like, oh my gosh. And so we get cream, I treat it. And then as soon as I get rid of it, um, uh, I go back to the same place because I didn't know where I got it from. I didn't trace, you know, where I got it. And I get it again. And I find out that the second time you get scabies will be way worse than the first time. It got so bad, my legs started swelling up. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I was texting Fedo because she also is a nurse. And I'm like, am I going to die? What am I going to do? And she's like, don't worry. Um, but it was just freakish and it was all over itchy. And then, um, so then I go, I'm like, I can't sleep on my bed because I have to wear this cream and the bugs crawl out of you and they'll stay in your mattress if you're on your mattress. So I just sleep on like a fake leather couch and I'm like, ugh, and it was so hot. And by the second time I got cured of this, this is like this March, um, mosquitoes ate me all night long, like wicked mosquitoes here in Bali. I was like, ah. And so then finally I got over it and I'm like, great, the scabies is gone. I go to open my gate and a wasp stings me and I'm like, come on. And then, and then I didn't think like a day or two later, I start getting dengue symptoms and I'm like, what's this? And I'm like, I think I have typhoid. And they're like, no, typhoid's not here, Becky. I'm like, well, what is this? And then I find out I had dengue fever. And the worst thing that could ever happen ever, it's horrible out here. I like, Becca got it after me, but I wanted to, um, if you don't know how dengue fever is, you have like a fever for like 14 days, horrible, the worst body aches. And then 
your head feels like it's gonna explode off of your face, your neck. And there was one night, there was one night I didn't sleep the entire night. I was rolling around in my bed in pain and agony. I woke up with dreadlocks the next morning. I'm like, oh my gosh. And, but all I could think of to do was like, I was quoting like Psalms and I'm like, he who dwells in the secret place the most high. I'm like, in pain. And then I remember waking up that night of no sleep and I started thinking about Job. And then I was like, come on, God, am I Job? Are you, what's happening? Why are you letting me? And I was like, I yelled at God. I was like, come on, what the heck? And then, and then Lee's talking about Jesus and humility received all this affliction. I'm like, oh, I didn't do that. And I was like screaming at God. I'm like, why are you treating me this way? Why are you letting this happen? But I also had no sleep, so give me that, you know. Absolutely no sleep. And so I got over that. And, um, Things happen, you know, and I definitely murmured and complained in that season, but then I was like, I'm so sorry, God, you healed me. But um, I would say, too, like, the words of her mouth are powerful, guys. I, I don't like it, and I was raised to understand this, but we are created in the image of God. He spoke the world into existence with his words. You are created in the image of that God. And so when people say, I hate you, I hate it when they say that. Don't tell a person, I hate you. Um, don't, our words are powerful. What are we believing about ourselves? What are you believing about your situation? Is it matching the words that you're saying? You know, of what God's doing in your life? Oh, what's happening? It's okay to talk about your discouraging moments. That's why we're here for each other. But if it continues on as this like endless dialogue of like, yeah, you know, and it hasn't come through and he never will, or blah, blah, blah. Are we, are we murmuring and complaining? Are we forgetting what God's done in his faithfulness? Um, this is something that a mistake they made, but also it had to do with them forgetting to look at what God had done. So that was mistake number six. I think um, they murmured and complained in the desert, all right? And then uh, the last one, in the desert, they did not obey the voice of the Lord. They didn't obey his instructions, don't do this, do this. Verse 25, um, that was the end of that, after they murmured. They did not obey the voice of the Lord. Um, yeah, you're feeling like this. Yeah, your circumstances are telling you this. But what's God saying? I think that's, a, that's one of the most valuable lessons that I've learned since college. Um, after my car accident, I was like, I almost died, I need to go back to Bible school and do what I'm supposed to do, and people were like, don't you want to recover for like at least a year back, you know, at home? And I'm like, no, you know, life is short. Let's do this. And I, but I prayed, I'm like, God, do you not want me to go back to school? And I heard, I heard the voice of the Lord telling me, go back, I'll go with you. I'm like, okay. And everybody else was like, no, you shouldn't. And maybe you should do this. But I'm like, I heard from God. And I just will say this, guys. When you hear from God, you will have all the backbone you need to step out and to stay out where God had put you, you know? Um, obey the voice of the Lord in what you're doing. Many people, even well-meaning people, are going to advise you what they think, and that's okay. People care about you, and some are going to be hearing from the Lord, and some are just going to be speaking off of whatever they feel like and think, and that doesn't mean you should always listen to them, you know? But what is God saying in this? And he'll always confirm it to you. Um, and, you know, why, but I want to talk about, like, why they didn't obey the voice of the Lord. It's not like, yeah, God's a dictator and we need to obey him. But why didn't they obey the voice of God? God told them specifically, don't do this. Don't go here. Don't go, don't eat this. He told them, what are you talking about the manna? Did he say, save it overnight? What did he say? Just collect enough for the day. But they were like, ah, okay, I'll do what I want. And they did what they want. And they kept more. And the next morning there was maggots. And God's like, I told you. They didn't obey the voice of the Lord. And they're like, why is our food cursed? Well, you didn't obey God, you know? And um, that, the, the whole thing is that, guys, it comes down to this. Everything is um, Proverbs 4.23. Everything is wrapped up in Proverbs 4.23. If you guys want to look there. It is all a matter of the heart. Proverbs 4.23 Keep your heart with all diligence, for from it flows all the issues of life. Whoa. Why didn't they obey the voice of the Lord? Because they didn't keep their heart with all diligence. How do you keep your heart? Reminding yourself what God did. You're waiting for his counsel. You're, you're wanting God's best. You have faith in the promise. That's how you guard your heart. You don't let your mind and your feelings 
or your circumstances dictate to you um, what the story of your life is, or even the enemy. The enemy's going to want to try to narrate the circumstances that are happening to you. Do you guys, has that ever happened before? The enemy tries to narrate to you how to believe and think of what you're seeing and what you're going through. He's not the narrator we're supposed to be looking, listening to. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, so just some, the second part of this, I'm just going to encourage us in this, guys. So how do we, how do we keep ourselves in the right place in the desert? Um, some closing, um, just encouragements, friendly encouragements to you guys. What do we do in the desert place or the in-between of the Word of God when it's given to you and the fulfillment of it? What do we do in those places? Um, just a few things I want to share with you guys. Um, we already read it. Luke 18:1. Jesus said this parable so that people would pray always and not lose heart. So the first thing I want to encourage you guys is to keep praying and don't lose heart. Whatever it is, pray about it. Don't just believe for it in your heart. Well, I'm believing God for this. But pray. That's, Jesus said, he's talking about prayer. When he said, when I come back to the earth, Will I find faith in the, on this earth? He was actually, in this passage, in context, talking about prayer. Are you going to keep praying for what you've been believing for? I'm so tired. I've been believing for like 15 years. Are you going to keep believing? Then keep praying. Why? There's something with, with our actions that, that God makes use of. It's our actions, not just our, our indifference. Well, he knows I'm believing. Really? Okay, well, it takes an action. Are you going to keep praying? Keep praying. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Whatever, your family, your situation, your finances, those of you that raise money to be here, you know, what are you believing for? Keep praying. Don't give up. Um, the second thing is this to encourage you. Psalms 106.24 is don't despise the pleasant land. Don't despise your pleasant land. Um... It might even help you guys or encourage you all in, in your Devo time with God. I'd make a list. Make a list of some things. What is some of the pleasant land or what's some of the goodness, the oasis that God has surrounded you with? And you know what? Sometimes that oasis is people. Don't mislook the people right in front of you that God's put there to be that, that oasis, that pleasant land to help you, to bring you through. Um, don't despise them. They may not be the exact, okay, but I'm aiming for this. Okay, but God's giving you this. Don't despise the pleasant land. Make a list of, of what are some things and get your, your heart and your mind. Your heart will go where your mind starts focusing on. So focus your mind on those places and you're going to find you're going to have more than you need to get through that season and even to share with others. You know, sometimes in the desert land, we're like, how can God expect me to pour out to others when I'm in this desert? Well, if your mind is in the right place and your heart's in the right place, you will have more than enough for yourself and to share with others. But I will encourage you, if you find yourself, you're at a place where you are going to, um, whatever, get out or burn dry or burn out, that is a time to stop and reevaluate things. And sometimes the best thing to do is not keep going, 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 going. It's time to sit down and reevaluate things. What are my habits, you know? What am I doing? Do I need to stop for a second? Um, but always be assured that God's goodness is always there for us. And we can't do this alone, guys. We need to be honest with people, what's going on with us, all right? Don't expect people to know what's going on in your world if you don't tell them. And it's okay to reach out. It's okay to reach out for prayer. It's okay to reach out for help. That's why God's given us a family. Many of us here, our biological family, is like miles and miles across the earth. So we don't have that sister, that aunt, that dad or mom to reach out to, um, but we've got that right here with the body of Christ, amen? So reach out. God's put a pleasant land around us. And um, this is the last part, and I hope like, you're very encouraged with this, because I believe this about everybody in this room, that the, the third thing, when you're in the desert, just what do you do in the in-between place, is to remember your purpose here will affect the generations. Yeah. And your purpose here is affecting generations. And not just will. Guys, what you are doing here is affecting generations. There is a reason for it. There is a reason for your suffering and what you're going through. Psalms um, 106, um, verse 30 to 31. 
Um, I know there's a cartoon about this, but I didn't know it was in the Bible. Phineas. Um, 30 to 31. Then Phineas stood up and intervened, and the plague was stayed. I mean, it didn't, it didn't continue to spread. It stopped. And that was, the counts, that was counted to him as righteousness from generation to generation. Phineas stood in the gap for those people and their unrighteousness, and he did something that was righteous, and it saved the people, and that affected generations that after generations. Awesome. Guys, you are here for that reason. Um, Ephesians, not Ephesians, excuse me, Esther 4.14. You guys know this one. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come here for such a time as this. You guys are here for such a time as this. It's not the time to retreat. It's not the time to give up. Amen? Just a couple more verses and we're going to close. Isaiah. Isaiah 43, verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, it shall, you shall not be burned, and the flame will not consume you. I want to point out here, guys, God did not say, if you pass through the waters, and if you walk through the fire, he said, when you do. God knew that we we're going to go through the fire, that we are going to go through times of testing. He knew how hard uh, this life on this side of eternity would be for us, the challenges. And um, the last verse we'll read is 1 Peter. 1 Peter 2, 19-21. For this is a gracious thing when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. I didn't deserve this to happen to me. For what credit is it if you sin and are beaten for it and you endure? But if when you do good and you suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you will follow in his steps. Sometimes when we go through hard, hard crap in life, we're like, I didn't sign up for this. Actually, we did. It's part of, it's part of following Christ. For to this you have been called, but because Christ also suffered for you, and he left you an example so that you could follow in his steps. And um, I just want to encourage you guys with that, this closing thought, you know, that we know that God was with the three Hebrew children in the fire, in the furnace, and they didn't get burned. But before they even went in that fire, they told them, our God's going to save us. He's more powerful than this fire. But do you know what? Even if he doesn't, I'm not going to bow. And God wants to give you the power and strength that you need right now in your circumstances to say, I believe God can do this, but do you know what? Even if he doesn't, I'm not going to bow. When Christ comes back, is he going to find faith on this earth? Is he going to find faith in you? I believe you can do it. God wouldn't call you here if he didn't believe you could do it. He's given us what we need. And I just want to encourage you guys, let's, um, let's put our hearts in the right place. Let's guard our hearts with all diligence. If you guys just want to close your eyes, we're going to pray. I see like this picture of like a soldier with his armor, but he has his sword and he's just dragging it, <clears throat> walking. And some of you might feel like your faith is like that right now. Your morale, and you're tired. And he wants to lift your head. And your weakness, his strength is perfected. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you will go throughout this room, God, and you meet with each of us, God, one-on-one, -on -one, as if we are the only one in the room right now. 
And I thank you, God, that you are the one that has exactly what's needed right now, Jesus. And I just pray that everyone here, God, will be filled with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Will be filled, Lord, with your vote of confidence. Wow. He said, I believe in you. May that vote of confidence fill every heart right now, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you've not forsaken us, God. And I pray, God, right now that you would grant a gift of faith, Jesus, for those that feel like their, their legs are wobbling right now, God. Grant a gift of faith in this season, Jesus, to not give up, to press through, to believe that word, whether it be for a region, whether it be for themselves, whether it be for their family, whether it be for this race that, that we're running together, God, I thank you that you are giving endurance, God, endurance, God, to make it to the end, God. I pray, Lord God, that you would awaken um, hearts and eyes to be open to see the pleasant land, God. I just pray even for just, um, yeah, pleasant um, eye openings to happen in the next few days, God, to see, whoa, God really is moving among us. God really is moving among my life right now. He hasn't forgotten. He's so good. He's so faithful. And I thank you, God, that you are so good. You are so faithful. You have not forgotten the word that you have spoken over each life here, God. You are carefully watching over it to perform it, God, to your exact decision, God, to your exact precision, Lord. You are a detailed and strategic God. And we trust you, God. We trust you, God. We surrender it all, God. I don't know if you have a song prepared, but if you can, I just want to encourage us all, let's just take this next moment to lift our heart and lift the matters to God and surrender. And let Him be the one who carries it for you. Stop trying to carry it. He's stronger. God, as we look to you, Father, I just pray, Lord, that you will deposit, God, deposit right now that strength, God, that feels lacking, God, where there's weakness, God. I thank you that you're refilling strength, Jesus. We just look to you right now, God, and we worship you. what he has for you is enough. What he has for each one of us is enough. And I was taking notes and I just felt like he just kept saying that just over and over again, the pleasant land that I have for you right now. I don't want what somebody else has. And it wasn't in a con like a condemning way. It wasn't a, I felt like he wanted to just tell you tonight for each person in this room. I just want us to like, we're just going to stay here for maybe like a few more minutes because I felt like he was saying I care about each person in here and I feel like each one of us has something on our minds that is telling us that maybe we're craving some other land, some other desire, something else that is not what he has for us. 
and he cares about it. He cares about you. He cares about what it is you're thinking about. He cares about like your individual heart in this room. He really cares. And he doesn't want you to move on too fast from this. Yeah, I don't want you to move on too fast from this because I want you to really just meditate on his goodness. And look at his goodness because when we see it, behold it, it's all we'll want. It's all we'll need. Holy Spirit, keep working in this room tonight. Show us. Show us. 